know that 99% of companies that we deal with across industries now, two core objectives, get their salespeople in front of more potential business and close more business. People are getting stuck in technology and forgetting around some of the core principles that they need to be doing every day whilst using the right technology. The competency of the person with whom I deal from that company makes the decision whether I buy from them or their competition. It's what they are being taught to say that gives sales such a bad name. There are phrases that can open that a lot easier and once it's open, you've got to use a little bit of your own EQ and substance to carry on with that conversation. Are you seeking to broaden your horizons, to stay relevant and become future fit? Do you want to fuel your creativity and inspire innovation? Or are you simply looking to put a kapow back into your business? Then look no further. Join Carmen Murray, entrepreneur, innovator, and tech fundi with her big personality and presentation style as she interviews celebrities, alchemists, newsmakers, and business experts to discover the stories behind their success. The Carmen Murray Show will open your mind and help you turn knowledge into magic. Let knowledge be your superpower. And now, from Solid Gold Studios, here's your host, Carmen Murray. Future Fit Tribe, before we start today's episode, if you are looking for more inspiration, visit my column on bizcommunity.com where I unpack the burning marketing issues that businesses face today. You can sign up for our Future Fit Masterclasses at booyah.co.za to build connected customer experiences and also check out our other cool services. Last but not least, don't forget to book your tickets to our regular FutureFit networking events aimed at helping you surf the tsunami of change. The events bring fresh perspectives with tour de force speakers and thought leaders as we debate, learn, inspire, connect. Tickets always sell fast, so book today. All the links you need appear in the show notes of the episode or on the website. Now on with today's show. Alexa, what is the best cell phone on the market? A top-rated choice for cell phone on Amazon is Samsung Galaxy J2 Prime 16GB 5.0-inch 4G. It's rated 3.8 stars by more than 230 customers and is Amazon's choice. It's $97 on Amazon. What else would you like to ask about it? Alexa, what is your favorite hat? Party hats, of course. Just watch out for that rubber band chin strap. Oh, snap! Awesome! Today, I'm super excited because we have Mark Keating from Sales Guru in the room, super, super stoked. Now, Mark Keating has spent his early days in a boiler room environment in the city of London, selling financial services over the phone. Today, he is the co-founder and CEO of Sales Guru, which is a leading sales management training company. I have come across many of his events, the Sales Guru events, and also a lot of his training. And... There is a lot of questions that we have for this expert today. So, Mark, a warm welcome. Carmen, thanks so much for having me here today and uh, the very kind introduction. I'm excited to be and hopefully add some real value to your listeners. Tell me, if you were at a party and you had to introduce yourself, how would you introduce yourself? What's your elevator pitch? 
I think if someone said to me, so uh, Mark, what do you do? I would reply, generally, I'm in sales, to which you would normally ask then, what do you? Sell? Anything you're buying today, Carmen. But that's just a little bit of humor (laughs) on the side. I think the biggest thing if someone says to me, Mark, so what do you do? My core role is really helping individuals, sales teams, and organizations to increase sales through a whole multitude of offerings. Yes, and I mean, I've been following you for, for some time. And um, I always find it very useful. And I've watched quite a lot of your YouTube videos to inspire me a bit, getting a sneak peek onto your keynotes. Very <laughs> kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to start off, Mark, with a, with a question that seems obvious to me is, you know, in the, this, this world that we're living, constant change happening around us, how much have you seen sales change since you started in this game? And what does sales 4.0 look like for you? Big question to start off with. Uh, I'm going to go about it in in a couple of ways here. I think that the fundamentals of sales haven't changed in the last 200 years. And what I mean by that is the essence of sales that I certainly preach is that it's really about assisting others, whether it's individuals or companies, to be better off than where they are currently dependent on their wants, needs, and objectives than where they are right now. So that's the fundamental. I think that that's kind of got lost along the way. Um, What I have seen change is obviously there's a vast amount of technology that is now out there to assist anyone generally within a sales role. I remember starting off in in, in London in a financial services and a bank, and we literally had one computer on the floor, and that was for compliance, almost this magic box that everyone used to look at. I'm showing my age at 48, uh, no email, no computers. And really the big thing there is people actually got on and I think the productivity was actually substantially higher within sales back then than what it is today. We've got a range of tools that are out there. In fact, I personally believe there are too much choice at times that people are getting stuck in technology and forgetting around some of the core principles that they need to be doing every day whilst using the right technology. There's been a a huge investment in AI, artificial intelligence, and many other technologies. A lot of it is to do with lead generation. But I don't believe that whilst we've got a lot of this evolving and will continue to evolve, that the role of an effective professional salesperson, there will always be a requirement provided you're worth more than what you cost. I love that. That, that, That's so insightful and I think one of the things that when when we start looking at sales is that we automatically think you know um, technology will replace everything and we don't need humans but in fact the relationships people buy from people they like people that they love so well maybe love is a very strong word but but you know where I'm getting at I mean who does everybody really want to buy from machines Sure, and I, I agree with you very much on that look there, there's been a massive movement towards online and dependent on your sector um, within the retail sector that's obviously just it, it, it's almost a given now that pretty much a lot of retail has moved strongly into online and will continue and that's causing a lot of people that might have had a designation of sales within retail to be replaced um, I, I, I do feel though that if I'm talking about the role of salespeople, that that salesperson is actually the brand of the entire organization And whilst marketing and other elements are crucial to create an interest, the competency of the person with whom I deal from that company makes the decision whether I buy from them or their competition. As a salesperson, I think let's go through the whole sales process. I think the first most important one would be Canvas. 
What are the biggest pitfalls people fall into when they canvass for new people that they want to contact? Cool. So uh, we're talking canvassing, we're talking the, the other well-known term prospecting or, or new client acquisition. Biggest pitfall, starting point, they actually just don't canvas. <laughs> we sit around, we talk about all the great things that we're going to do. We spend hours and hours shuffling paper and working on our scripts that have to be perfect. And sure, comes the end of the day, I almost had to pick that phone up. That would have been terrible. So challenges around canvassing. Starting point is the confidence and belief in certain elements that go hand in hand with effective canvassing. First point, that you truly believe in your organization and the product or service that you offer that your customers, potential customers, are going to be better off dealing through you and that specific product. And I think the confidence then for that person within that role to canvas, that they feel confident with what it, what it is that they're going to say. Um, you know, if someone generally keeps saying, I'm not interested, the biggest problem is pretty much that what you're saying is not interesting. So if I kind of wrap that up very, very quickly, there is this what they call reluctance, which I, I find very challenging because a lot of people have taken the role saying that they're going to get on the phone. I'm, I'm talking to people in an employed sales position. I understand that from small business owners that actually sales is now part of what they've got to do. So knowing who it is that I'm wanting to call, what is it that I'm going to say that's going to generate some interest and the ability to remove that rejection fear out of the equation are three fundamentals. Is scripting a good formula to use though? If you were to ask pretty much all people in sales, they would give you the answer no. Here's a challenge is that anyone that I would role play with or anyone that calls me and I get several calls a day from multiple organizations, they are already using scripts, their own scripts. So whatever it is that comes out of our mouths if we're in a role to go and canvas a business, that is our existing script. Does scripting work? I believe good and great scripting absolutely gives you a far better chance to engage effectively. I'm anti that the objective of the call is to purely try and sell something. The objective of the call for new potential business is to engage and uncover if there's an interest and a fit potentially to discuss further around what you've got. But great scripts make all the difference, especially when it comes to building confidence with people doing canvassing. Give me an example of, of good scripts. Like what, what do you put in it? What works? What doesn't work? So I, I love that you're putting me on the spot. And I'll share, I'll share a couple of real world examples. There was, and I, I might get the exact wording wrong here, but I believe Texaco Oil, you know, several decades ago, launched a new oil and a new brand of oil that they wanted to take to the marketplace. And they realized quite quickly that actually back then the petrol attendants had the biggest impact as to whether people pulling in at the petrol stations would purchase this oil or not, or at least would be engaging. So someone really clever in marketing came up with a concept that lets re-script what, what it is that they're going to say. And if I give you the example, when you arrive at a petrol station and they say to you, can I check your oil or can I check your tire pressure? What do most people generally say? No. Because we're cheap bastards and you guys worry about paying that two rand or the five rand or whatever it is. And also we're busy. So they simply changed that phrase and it had a dramatic increase in the amount of oil they sold. They actually couldn't believe the results. Instead of asking, can I check your oil? They simply turned that around and said, would you allow me to check that your oil is at a safe level? 
And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get into, as we go along, some examples around scripting within sales calls. But there's certainly things that we need to remove from that equation completely and replace it with other things that allows for engagement. And I, I really want to anchor that word engagement. This is not a typical sales call. It's the biggest problem from a call center basis. And these outbound calls that many of us get from insurance companies and banks and from the cellular companies that I don't blame the people making the telephone call. In fact, in South Africa, we sit with a very large unemployment rate. These people need the work, as many of us do. The challenge is, it's what they are being taught to say that gives sales such a bad name. So huge on scripts, and I'm hoping we can unpack that a little bit more. I personally, I'm, I'm a very free spirit. So when I want to talk to people, I want to have a conversation. I find it sometimes very hard to have a conversation when I can't see them in front of me because I love reading body language and having chemistry and finding ways to connect. So cold calling is, is really something that I battle with, um, although if I need to do it, I would. Um, it all depends on what what the purpose is. And if I'm really, really hungry for something, like if I need a sponsor for one of my events, then I go like, ah, I have to do this. I have no choice. If it's for training courses, for example, it's a completely different approach. I think the biggest fear is being intrusive, calling somebody that's a chief marketing officer and saying to them, hey, I want to discuss with you, we've got these amazing courses, but now you don't want to intrude because they can get quite edgy. So in this example, if you had to call me and sell a course to me, what would your approach be on a sales call? Brilliant. And, and uh, I'm going to get into that now. I just wanted to give you a little bit of feedback on a few things you mentioned. If one needs to go and generate some additional business and at times what it is that, you know, what is it that we can say? I think that the majority of people, especially in 2019, are experiencing a challenging environment, a challenging market out there. More competition, more price sensitivity, longer buying cycles and many other real world challenges. Big challenge is generally people haven't stopped buying what it is that you offer. Maybe slow or other competitors, are they buying from you? And I wrote an article a while back called, Are Sales Hunters Going the Way of the Dinosaur? Which means people having the ability to go and acquire and source and canvas for new business. And this comes on to you, you, you also mentioned around you being a free spirit at times. And something I didn't mention on the scripting before I give you the example I'm not advocating at all that you need to be scripted word for word for the entire conversation. You can pick that up in half a second. I'm talking about your initial engagement to open a discussion, that there are phrases that can open that a lot easier. And once it's open, you've got to use a little bit of your own EQ and substance to carry on with that conversation. So getting to the million-dollar question you've asked me. What would I say if I was calling you and let's say that you are the head of sales of a, what organization? What type of industry? Let's say FMCG. FMCG. Let me start off with what would be a very bad call, just so that your, your, your listeners can get a sense of this. And um, hopefully if any of this rings a bell, become very aware not to do too much of it. Hello. Uh, hello, Carmen. How are you? I'm good. Good. What is this call all about? I, I'm, I'm good too. Thanks so much for asking. Carmen, um, it's Mark Keating here calling from Sales Guru. And Carmen, uh, I was wondering if you might possibly have uh, a couple of minutes so I could tell you a little bit about my company and, and 
what we can do for you. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't have time to have this discussion. Uh, get to the point. What is it that you want to sell? Carmen, um, we, we have a multitude of different sales courses and offerings and events um, no, and no, speaking uh, opportunities. I don't have time. I'm, I, I have to go I, for a meeting. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. When, when is a better time for me to call you back later? Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock um, this evening or tomorrow morning? In the morning. morning. Tomorrow morning. I I'll call you then and I'll send you an email with a company overview and a PowerPoint presentation that you can look through. I I is that okay? Yeah. I th th thank you so much again for affording me your time and, and I I'll speak to you tomorrow. How did that make you feel? <sighs> yeah, I, I even cringe saying it. <laughs> and, and the challenges, all of us start somewhere. And I, I think also leading into the script is the belief in regards to what I'm doing centers the tone that I'm about to come across to you also with. Now, if I feel that you are personally doing me the biggest favor as Carmen, the head of sales of this FMCG company, by taking my call, I'm on the back foot. And there's a tremendously thin line between arrogance and confidence, so I'm never advocate Arrogance, in fact, always err towards the side of confidence, never arrogance or cocky. But I need to understand, it's, it's something I, I heard years ago, that two things, that the S in sales stands for service. Robbie Roberts, who I'm, I'm also doing some interviews with, South Africa's top ever motor salesperson, he said he was taught in day one from his sales manager that the S in sales stands for service. This is a service industry. I think if I couple this just before I make the call to you, in my mindset, I am in sales on behalf, if it was sales guru regarding our courses, I'm providing an act of service to you that I truly believe I'm there to qualify if I can help you and your organization to be better off around ways to increase sales. So that's hugely important. Otherwise, I'm getting into the, I was wondering if maybe I've got to remove that. So let's have the actual call now and... and Hopefully this goes well, listeners. <laughs> Carmen, hello. Hi, good morning, Carmen. It's Mark Keating calling from Sales Guru. Carmen, briefly the reason for my call, I've got a quick question. Have you got a minute? Yeah, sure. Cool. Carmen, I'm dealing with sales directors in the FMCG industry like yourself that have a priority for the start of 2019 to get their salespeople in front of more qualified prospects and close more business. Are those two areas a priority for you and your sales team at the moment? Definitely. Fantastic. So the objective of my call was really to see if those are of importance. And secondly, would you be open for us getting together for maybe 20 minutes just to explore a couple of ideas that are working well with others and see if it could be a good fit for you or not? How does that sound? It sounds good, but would you, would you be able to send me more information before we commit to a meeting? Common, I've got a, a range of information that, that is available. Could I ask you a couple of questions just to ensure that I'm sending you the correct information and not inundating? If you're looking ahead to 2019 and at the end of 2018, what do you believe would be the top two or three things that if your sales force could improve upon or do more of would have the biggest impact on increasing sales for you and your company? I think one of the, the, the most important um, would to get more people to enter our competitions um, to sell more products and more engagement on our social media platforms. And what are you currently doing there? And I'm going to stop now, otherwise we can chat for another 5-10 minutes. But this is where the art of engagement comes. I'm going to listen to your answer now and define and understand a little bit more. At this stage, I'm wanting to, the initial call is to understand if they have an interest. I would have done 
my research on the internet and a range of other mechanisms to establish the size of your sales force, type of industry, is this a fit for what our training can assist? Where I'm putting a buying motive into that question is I know that 99% of companies that we deal with across the industries now, two core objectives, get their salespeople in front of more potential business and close more business. And if I speak very much with my question to their or, or, or the, the, the industry that I'm calling their top buying motives, it opens the door a lot faster in the cold scenario. Often, I would then get a meeting off the bat. The great thing there is that you actually wanted to understand a bit more. So instead of, can I send you information? Yes, sure. And I send you through the whole company overview, the organogram as to who's who. In my, nobody okay. cares. Yeah. What I'm wanting to really understand is around the core things, what would be most important to you? Everything has got to be around the effort that goes into preparing what you're going to ask on the call is what opens up an engagement. The better the questions, the better the engagement. Poor engagement means you've got crap questions. Does that kind of answer that, that, it a little bit? It, it answers it. And I love the fact that you introduce a 20-minute meeting. You're not suggesting an hour meeting, which, which means that, okay, right, I can, I've got 20 minutes, but don't have an hour, um, which I think is also something valuable for us to learn from. Absolutely. And I, I think people are so used to people straight away going into this verbal vomit, this pitch on the phone, that when you phrase things slightly differently, and my only objective truly is to see if I have got some ideas that can help you and your sales team to be better off and improve. I don't know if we're going to be the right fit right now, but I'd like to understand a little bit more and in that meeting see if I can share some ideas around that. Just maybe another way is, you know, what are the top two or three objections that people also get on the phone? Because that's where people also get very stuck. Because what they're saying is bad. They get an objection. They don't know what to say. They put the phone down. And after two hours, this is the worst job in the world. Emailing a prospect. Um, what are the rules around sending an email? Because clearly from what you've just said is that sending your whole company profile, hierarchy, who does what, it doesn't fly. So what are the rules here? So another bugbear, and I might get on my soapbox here and have a little bit of a go. <laughs> Salespeople were so relieved with the invention and, and the launch of email in, in, in the 90s, I think early-ish 90s, because it removed the automatic rejection. All I could do was simply send emails out, look how hard I'm working, which is actually just clicking buttons. The way in which they reject you, they simply don't respond. That's now evolved, and although I'm a big fan of LinkedIn, I'm not a big fan of, of how misused it is for what people in sales think prospecting is. If I am emailing you or connecting with you on LinkedIn and my immediate connection then is, hi, Carmen, thanks for connecting. I want to tell you all about who we are, what we do, why we're great, why you should buy from us. And everything is about me. You don't care around me. In fact, nobody cares around the salesperson, their company, and their products nearly as much as they care how they're going to be better off. What are they going to achieve? So the don'ts of email is going to a 10-paragraph blurb all about you, your company, and, and, and what you do. What we've got to do very cleverly, and I, I think the same message and context applies to LinkedIn. Firstly, your subject line. Subject line cannot be, I want to introduce my organization or all about us. I'm a massive believer, and, and we've, we've actually got real-world results on this. The best subject line, quick question. That's all I put into my subject line. It gets open more often than a lot of other things. We wow. get inundated with so much. So quick question. 
My next source would be, from, from my personal perspective, I will generally never email if I haven't tried to phone you first. I'm a massive advocate in the power of a one-on-one voice connection. So let's use this analogy that I've phoned. You're not available or I can't speak to you. And, and this is real. It happens often. So simply, subject line, quick question. Next opening line. Hi, Carmen. Mark here from Sales Group. I did just call but was unable to speak with you. Briefly, the reason for my call and my email is that I've got a quick question for you. I'm dealing with a lot of sales leaders like yourself in the FMCG sector that have a priority to get their salespeople in. It's following the same script that I shared earlier. Mm. Would you be um, open to sharing uh, feedback with me if this is a priority for you and your team? And if so, would you be open to get together for 20 minutes so I could share a few ideas that are working well at others? We send that out. We generally average between 20 and 40% response rates. Does that give a bit of context I, I, to I your... Love, I love the way that you're also using modern technology and, and social media and integrating it as part of your sales process because as you rightfully said, is that LinkedIn, I mean, like I sit with thousands of people on my LinkedIn and I'm being bombarded by people all day long. And it's not anything of what you've just discussed, which shows me that there's a lot of people that don't understand to navigate the modern technology and online communication to get the same message across as if you were cold calling. So I love that. I think it's great advice. Th- thank you very much. And I, I want to add on to that, that, that there's been this massive movement, especially on LinkedIn, that people are now coming in with strategies. And I think millennials that what we need to do is first build a relationship. Let's spend the first three months sending some articles and getting information through. Here's the biggest challenge. What happens in that three months that they go ahead, someone else meets with them and they buy from them? Or they're actually genuinely not the right fit for you. How do we qualify? How do we get more involved? How do we do things that are different than what everyone else is doing in the marketplace? If I'm doing the exact same thing as, as pretty much everyone else in the marketplace is, and that's boring a lot of potential buyers or not getting a response, I've got to do something to upgrade my connectivity with them. Your research is paramount before you send an email or send something on LinkedIn or make the phone call. You've got to really understand what is the potential buying motive or motives, top two, aligned to what it is that you're offering that would potentially be of interest to discuss further from their side. If you can't understand that and a few other core principles, don't connect yet. Love it. We've now spoken quite a bit about prospecting and I think that we can have quite a lot of discussions and I would really like to to understand, now I have to get the meeting, I have to get to the client and I'm sitting in front of the client, what happens next? You're sitting there in reception, you don't see them but you've actually got three or four of your competitors sitting there, not right at the same time, they could have been earlier or coming after you. Here's the thing. Most people arriving at a meeting don't have a clear objective as to what is what is the outcome that they're looking to get from that. And we're talking initial meeting. Am I correct on this? My mm-hmm. initial meeting. First meeting after all of this um, happened. I got the 20-minute meeting. Now I'm there. Old sales uh, style. We get pumped up in the car. Your manager slaps you around the head and you say, we're going to close. We're going to close. No, no. Our objective is to open. My only objective if I'm meeting with you now, let's say you're that sales director of FMCG, is to uncover in the next 20 minutes, are there ways that I believe I could add value to you and get your feedback that it's worth us discussing further? That's my core objective. And I'm fine to actually walk out with a no. That's my number one objective. 
So before I go into that meeting, I've got to have a clear understanding of my objective. Next point down, and I'm going to talk quite fast on this, is I've got to have a damn good introduction. Most people start the meeting like this. Uh, Carmen, thank you so much for affording me the opportunity. <laughs> I know you are so busy and... <laughs> and uh, to, to me, it, it, and again, it's not that line of arrogance or cockiness. I've got to be confident. So I would start the meeting with an introduction. Carmen, great to meet with you. Before we get started, can I confirm, are we still good for the 20 minutes? I want to keep on time. Let's not amble with small talk for 18 minutes and leave me no time. People talk around rapport building. If you want to chat about some stuff for three, four minutes, I must be a chameleon and I'll follow your lead a bit. But most people now in 2019, most people, want to get to the point if there's value at that initial meeting. So my objective would be, so the introduction, Carmen, great to meet with you. Are we, before we get started, are we still good for the 20 minutes? Yeah. Brilliant. Now, Carmen, I could spend the entire 20 minutes telling you all about Sales Guru and why I'm so passionate about what we do. But I won't unless you just want me to vomit all over you about Sales Guru. <laughs> okay. My only objective in coming through today is to see if I can find some ways in which I can assist you and your sales team to be better off than where you are at the moment. What I can tell you is 95% of companies that I engage with, we can share some awesome ideas, and 5% we might not be the fit right now. And that's also okay. All I ask is at the end of our meeting today, can we give each other feedback if there's merit for us to discuss further or not? How does that sound? I love that. Perfect. So introduction. Now, generally, we, we get into a thing that we talk around your questions. Most salespeople, all they do is prepare what we are going to tell them when we arrive at a meeting, who we are, what we do, and why we're great. Nobody cares. What very few salespeople and professional salespeople do is they highlight what are the questions that we're going to ask. So I don't want to ramble too long here, but my opening question could be, Carmen, before I get started, what would an ideal outcome of today's meeting be for you? Well, I would like to see the training courses if it would be suitable to our organization and how you can make it work. Fabulous. But again, I'm hearing from you. So stop me if I'm going too much into this, but some gold on this. We follow not a sales methodology. I'm, I think that there are phenomenal sales methodologies out there. And everyone says our way is better than anyone else. I'm not saying sales guru. Other companies perhaps say our way is better. I believe there's a multitude of awesome sales methodologies. But I'm believing in a sales framework that you're not scripted to go A to B to paint by numbers. By the time I end my initial meeting, here's what I need to understand. What is your current situation? So you spoke around different courses. Tell me how many people do you have in sales, Carmen? How long have they been there? Where are you on target achievement right now? And I want to discuss various elements, your current situation. Then I want to clarify what would the objectives or outcomes be that would make a difference to helping you increase and achieve what you're after. So if you spoke around... I want my people in front of more qualified prospects. They've got to get better at engagement in meetings, whatever it might be. If I can't get to an outcome that you believe in and clear at that fits into me, that's the end of my meeting. And I'm glad to say to you, Carmen, based on what, I, what I'm hearing, I don't see that there could be a fit around what we do. Is there something I'm missing? Current situation outcomes. And if I can't give value on outcomes, I stop. If I can get that, you now explain to me, my people aren't in front of enough qualified prospects. They're not prospecting and meeting enough and our closure rate's low. Where I need to do, and this is a huge, I think, lesson for the listeners here. I now need to substantiate the value as to what is the cost to you or the value that I could assist around that. So I'd simply say, on average, how many of your salespeople are on an achieving target right now out of 100%? I would say 40%. 
And of the 60 that aren't, what does that cost your organization on a monthly basis? I would say about 300,000. So we're sitting roughly with an annual 3.6 million rand problem right now. Are you in agreement with me around yeah. that prospecting? True. Value. Do you understand I've monetized? Because if I can't monetize and I now wait till the end where I'm going to bring my price in, my price might look expensive. But when you believing there's a 3.6 million rand challenge and I might come in with 100,000, it's now substantially less. Value. Current objectives, value. Now the gold, and I've got two more to go quickly. If I was able to discuss something that made perfect sense to you in all areas, what would your sense of urgency be to rectify this 3.6 million rand problem? Urgency. So if I was to ask you, and you and you're the sales director of this company, I said, so that's a 3.6 million rand annual problem. How urgent is it to you to get this situation resolved? Super urgent. So on a scale of Yesterday. one to, on a scale of one to ten and tens being immediate and ones on the back burner, what would it be? I would definitely say a nine. What's missing between the nine and the ten? Do you see I'm engaging, but I can't go too long and I want to carry on too much with your listeners. We've got a campaign launching. Our t- our whole team um needs to be focused on on getting this launch done. So it's not something we can do in the next two months. I'm getting your urgency because what happens a lot of people come back from a meeting. They've vomited all over the potential prospect. They've got limited information. They now do this proposal. They close their fingers and think, and they forecast it's going to come in. We haven't asked and understood this. Now I've got urgency. Cool. So you mentioned that, that in two months, although it's immediate, two months would be the first time that you could actually start. Is my understanding yes. correct? Tell me, how does it, your decision-making process work around something like this in sales training? Well, we would need to uh, get you to become a vendor. Okay. Once you are a vendor, then we would just need to make sure that you're BE compliant and then we take it from there. Fabulous. And and who else is involved in the decision-making process apart from yourself? I am the senior decision-making maker for my whole team. Okay, fantastic. And uh, your kind of timelines from the proposal to actually getting a final decision, what, what does that timeline look like? 60 days. 60 days. Perfect. From a perspective of getting that 3.6 million rand as close to achieving that as possible, would you have a training budget that's been allocated that I could work with something relevant? Are you open to sharing that with me? Because we've got a range of different methods and I want to make sure I'm fitting within the budget. Yes, I can. So so I'm not going to carry on anymore. But if I recap quickly for the listeners, introduction, gold sets the agenda, current situation, understanding where are they relevant to what it is that you do, even who they're using, and not are you happy with them. Have you heard that before? Mm. Are you happy with them? And if they say yes, you run for the hills Yeah. (laughs) or you start to vomit. How about what's been your experience with the other company? And if you could improve, what are the top two or three things you could improve upon? Current outcomes, objectives, value, monetize it, sense of urgency, decision-making process, budget. Is there anything else that I might have missed now? Your answers have painted a picture in front of me. When I present back, that now qualified, do I believe I'm a fit? If I'm not, I can't go. If I am, when I present back to you and when I run through the proposal, I simply paint the exact same picture that you've painted for me. I love that. That has been so useful. What I can say to you is that I think that we needed to do a series of sales fit episodes where we can maybe unpack further the rebuttals, objections that comes along and some of the, you know, how to provide more value, the diagnosis process, you know, what are the good questions to ask? I mean, you and I can take this offline and unpack how we could do that for the audiences. First of all, how can people get hold of you? 
couple of ways. We've got the website salesguru.co.za. I have a personal speaking site, which is Mark Keating, and that's K-E-A-T-I-N-G. Or you can email me at mark at salesguru.co.za. I'm also on LinkedIn under Mark Keating. We're going to play a game now. You've got 10 questions, 60 seconds. You have to answer them as quickly as possible. No right answer, no wrong answer. On your marks, get set, go. Name three movies that every salesperson should watch. One, Boiler Room for how not to go about it. Two, Glenn, Gary Glenn Ross for actually what tough sales looks like. And then three, Pursuit of Happiness, Will Smith for what genuine great sales is. What is the bedtime storybook you are reading and what, why do you like it? Bedtime storybook I'm reading is Cinderella and that's really because it's to my two and a half year old and four and a half year old daughters. <laughs> if you could be a member of any TV sitcom family, which could it be? TV sitcom family, uh, Survivor, would love to give it a go because I quite enjoy putting myself out there. What, um, what app do you hate but use it anyways? I'm, I'm, I'm lost on that one. Okay, if you could only speak on one word today, what word would you say? Sales. What is your favorite thing to bry? Lamb chops. How many pennies would fit into this room? Uh, 1,350,000. Who is the most craziest person you've ever met and why? Uh, Carmen, because... <laughs> <laughs> Who is the most craziest person you've ever met and why? Craziest. person that I've ever met was a sales guy in the UK years and years ago. He used to iron his shirts with pots because he couldn't afford any other money. We were commission only salespeople. What keeps you up at night? At the moment, it's uh, crying babies. But uh, on a more serious note, it's ensuring that I am fulfilling my God-given potential and doing the best that I can on an ongoing basis. I love that. What song hits you with a wave of nostalgia every time you hear it? Song that hits me, I think, is anything Depeche Mode because that takes me back uh, into the early high school days and uh, I still think the 80s music rocks. Awesome. Well, it has been an absolute privilege to have you in the studio. I've learned so much and I hope audience out there that you have learned just as much. Commenter, thank you so much. And I, just in closing, I'd say, you know, guys, sales is a positive and awesome word. Let's remove the negativity. We add a massive service out there to the industries. Be proud of what you do and make 2019 rock. To our amazing audiences around the world, thank you so much for your ongoing support. Please take a moment to review and rate your favorite episodes, which will help others find us. You mean the world to me, and I thank you for being part of my journey to get people future fit. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Carmen Murray Show, another Solid Gold podcast. For show notes and more episodes, visit solidgoldstudios.co.za slash Carmen Murray.